What's up, Chiefs Keenum? It's your boy, Chris Dow. We got a special guest on today. We got a special show, a live show. We're talking Chiefs and Bills today. Let's talk Chiefs. Yeah. Arrowhead Chiefs. It's your girl Miss Nicole. Queen okay. of Hustle, baby. Uh-huh. Started from the Start bottom, now we here. My homie at the start of his career. Let's go. Try to win him early, hear the truth. Uh-huh. Tuning every Sunday for the juice. Hey. Arrowhead Chief Podcast, bringing all the news. Yes, if you miss the play, come back for reviews. Chris hey. Dow, out here rapping for the crew. Post game highlights, go uh-huh. subscribe on YouTube. Uh-huh. Hey. If you miss the play, come back for reviews. Post game highlights, go uh-huh. subscribe on YouTube. Uh-huh. Hey. What's up, Chief Keaton? It's your boy Chris Dow. We're back with another live show today. Got a special guest on today. But before we get into that, I always want to give a shout out to Every Morning Quarterback. They are a collaborative sponsor. Um, if you look down at the bottom, you can see emqpodcast.com slash locker room dash room. Um, go to that, click on that, and you will find all kinds of podcasts. There's a 49er one, there's a Patriot one, uh, there's a, a, a Jaguars one, and then there's also mine's Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Go on there, click on there. Also, check out Every Morning Quarterback Podcast. They got a home, their own podcast. They got a betting podcast, a college podcast. So check them out. Uh, show them some love. Give them a subscribe and follow. And also... My guests, you can find mm-hmm. their podcast on there too, the Air Raid Hour podcast. Want to welcome in my guest today, Judge. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Always a good time when I get to talk uh, Buffalo Bills football, and especially during Chiefs Week. Yeah, this is yeah. becoming uh, the big week for Buffalo Bills every year. It seems like sometimes twice a year. Hopefully, again twice this year too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely, definitely a big game. What's up, Ty? Definitely a big game. Um, before we get into the game, man, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your podcast. Um, How did you guys get started and everything? Yeah, we're, we're part of the Cover One Sports Network, me and my co-host Dave Tilton. Uh, we got started years ago, uh, just sort of on our own. And and then we've, uh, you know, bounced around to a couple of networks. Now we're with uh, Cover One, obviously affiliated with The Locker Room as well. You can find us Monday nights live at 9 p.m. reacting uh, to every Bills game, and you can also find us the hour before every Bills game uh, doing Buffalo Bills pregame sh- stuff over at uh, the Cover One Sports Network on YouTube. Okay, that's cool. And down at the bottom, you know, you can see the uh, link, the linker, Air Raid, Buffalo, and you click, you go to that website, you can see all the, you know, every area where their podcast is available. So definitely go and check them out. Definitely check them out. So, Going into this season, you know, let's take it back last season. You know, you guys had big expectations last year also. You know, you guys mm-hmm. had tooled up in the in the draft and in the offseason. Um, Josh Allen was coming off of a, a very good year. Um, so he had, you know, stepped up expectations. To, you know, you guys were Super Bowl contenders. You were real contenders last year going into the season. Um Going into, and then you guys came into Arrowhead last year. You guys beat us. Um, so the, the expectations rose again. But then I would say, you know, you guys, it kind of went up and down. You know, you guys mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. But then, you know, you would win a game against, like, New England. 
then it was just it was kind of like up and down, you know, and you guys didn't end up getting that number one seed like you know everybody thought you get because it was you know it was tailor made for you guys to get the number one seed, but that mm. didn't end up happening. The divisional round, you know, after you guys smoked uh, New England <laughs> in the playoffs, <laughs> you know, we get the divisional round and probably one of the greatest playoff games ever being played. Two great quarterbacks just scoring touchdowns all over the place. You know, it looks like you guys are about to win. <laughs> Josh Allen <laughs> with the game winning touchdown. And I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, petty yeah. or nothing. <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not trying to be petty or nothing. But the 13 second situation happened. We go into overtime. Mm. And the corn flip, Patrick Mahomes wins the game. And then we go on to mess it up against the Bengals, but that's a story for another day. But <laughs> but coming into this offseason, mm. you know, it seems like the, the, the expectations have raised another level for you guys. You guys have been pretty much picked to be the Super Bowl favorites. You know, Vegas thinks y'all the favorites. Most of the national media has picked y'all to win the Super Bowl. What is the expectations uh, around Buffalo at this time right now? Yeah, you know, obviously, <laughs> I personally try to take it one game at a time. I, I take the I, I take the Buffalo Bill uh, Bills approach. And I try to take it one game at a time. But obviously, uh, if you if you were to survey the Buffalo Bills fan base, it's it's Super Bowl or bust. I mean, that's the expectation here. That was the expectation last year, and you you saw what happened with 13 seconds. And I, I really do feel like the Buffalo Bills mortgaged their future a little bit and spent maybe a little bit more money than they wanted to to go out and pay a guy like Von Miller because they don't want to have a repeat of 13 seconds. If 13 seconds doesn't happen, if the Buffalo Bills walk off that football field in Arrowhead last year with a victory, I, I don't know if Von Miller is a Buffalo Bill right yeah. now. I really do right. think that the Buffalo Bills went out and got this guy because they're looking for a closer late in the game who's not going to allow Patrick Mahomes to even you know get those passes off uh in 13 seconds left and and, and overtime etc so the expectations are sky high the bills were lucky enough to really not have any significant injuries over the past couple of years but now we're still waiting for Trey White to come back from an ACL Micah hides out for the season so I mean the bills have are four and one right now and they have utilized uh, they've lost at this point one fourth of their roster at some point due to injury. Almost every single position has been hit. Some positions like defensive tackle and cornerback. I mean, we're down to fourth, fifth stringers, and we're still four and one right now. So this team is uh, finally getting healthy at the right time. Right. We got most of our guys coming back. We're still without Micah Hyde, which is huge mm -hmm. in this game with some of the deep threats that Kansas City has, and especially with obviously Travis Kelsey, who's um, you know owned us over the past couple of years, yeah. but. The expectations in Buffalo here are sky high. Uh, it's Super Bowl or bust for about 99.9% .9 of the fan base. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. Like I said, uh, when we, me and my uh, co host did our pregame, our preseason, you know, picks and who's going to the Super Bowl, I picked you guys to win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I actually picked you guys. Um, I just think that sometimes it's just like when, when, we, when we came in 2019, after we had lost to New England in the AFC Championship game. I feel like you guys are in that same position. When we came mm -hmm. in 2019, it was Super Bowl of us. We had retooled our defense, got Tyron Matthew, got Frank Clark, and we felt like, all yeah. right, it's time. It's all hands on deck. If we don't get the Super Bowl this year, it's a it's a bad season, you know. So mm -hmm. I feel like you guys are in that same position right now. Yeah, I mean, 
and, and, and no offense, because I got nothing but respect for Chiefs fans. I really do feel like top to bottom, the Bills roster is significantly better than the Chiefs roster just on paper. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's got to translate on Sunday. And, you know, a guy like Steve Spagnolo, we've seen him come out and come up with really creative game plans and yeah. shut guys down with not a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do feel like on paper, the Buffalo Bills are the better team. Obviously, you know, we could debate for days who's the better quarterback and people will yell and scream back at each other like they do on, on ESPN. If you take the quarterbacks out of the equation, I do feel like the Buffalo Bills at a lot of positions uh, have a, a pretty significantly better roster because the Chiefs are doing a little bit of a retool this year, losing guys like Tyreek and, and some of the guys on the back end of that defense. So on paper, I feel like this is a this is the best team in football, the Bills, and that's you know why expectations are according according go accordingly. No, I agree. I, um, yeah, uh, you know we got vastly younger. You know we're one mm -hmm. of the youngest teams in the NFL this year. Uh, we went from one of the oldest teams to another one of the youngest teams because we have a lot of rookies that are playing this year. Yeah, you know, uh, with George Karloftis. Uh, we just now getting Trip McDuffie back. We had to put Jalen Watson, a seventh round pick corner, mm -hmm. out there. You know, we got a lot of young guys on this team that we have to, you know, speed them up because we we have to play. <laughs> yep. we're trying to get younger and faster on the defensive side of the ball, um, and on offense, we got Sky Moore, who's you know mm -hmm. we're kind of you know Andy Reid doesn't tend to like to play his rookies too. He's fast. slow playing that one, yeah. yeah he, he, <laughs> But that's just how Andy is because mm -hmm. it's a complicated offense, and he doesn't like to just dump so much mm -hmm. on the run. I mean, unless you're just Tyreek Hill or something like that, you don't yeah. just want to dump. And even with Tyreek Hill, he he kind of slowed him up and, and didn't yeah. throw him to the wolves to be a wide receiver right away. So that's just how Andy Reid operates. But, yeah, definitely, I, I, I agree. You guys have a top to bottom. You have a better roster. You know, mm -hmm. the quarterback situation, you know, I'm pretty sure you feel like Josh is the best. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is the best. So <laughs> that's that's splitting hairs yeah. right there, you know. Mm -hmm. But but as far as the rest of the roster, yeah, I agree. You guys have a, a, a better roster. Yeah, and I, I posted this on social media today. Like I I just don't like I don't know, maybe it's just me and it's my personal opinion. I just don't care about people arguing back and forth about who's better, Josh or Patrick, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. I don't like if you want to have that conversation 15 years from now when they're both retired. Let's let's have that conversation. But I mean, these guys are still hopefully in the early part of the middle of their careers. Yeah, yeah. There's still a lot of football left to be played. If the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs decide to make a trade next week and trade and the Chiefs traded Patrick Mahomes to the Buffalo Bills and the Bills traded Josh Allen to the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think either fan base would be too upset with the new quarterback that they're they're getting. So, um, you know, to me. Whether one's one or the other one's one, they're both in the same tier and they're the top yeah. two quarterbacks in the game. I they're agree. pretty interchangeable to me. Um, you know, we can split hairs, but I, I'm just not one to to sit here and lose sleep over uh, over who's better. You know, yeah. I'll, no. I'll wait until they're both retired before we have that conversation. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're lucky to have the quarterbacks mm -hmm. that we have. You know, oh, we yeah. Can, we could be the anyway. teams that are playing tonight. And, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know poverty-stricken quarterback. So I, I was just having this conversation with someone. I'm like, has football have always been like this? And and I just am now spoiled with watching the Buffalo Bills every week yeah. that I, I forgot I'm, I'm, what real football looks like. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> or <for> ordinary sure. <laughs> football. I mean, I'm pretty for sure New England fans is probably like, yeah, this is how it feels. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady for years. Yeah, this is how it feels. We're 
Indianapolis with uh, Peyton Manning. It's just like, mm. yeah. But speaking of quarterbacks, you know, Josh Allen, his expectations have risen. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's a he's a, been picked to be an MVP candidate. Like I said, Vegas has him yeah. number one as the, you know, top to be the MVP of this league this year. Um, I just want to know, and I'm not trying to cast no aspersions on your team, mm. you know, if you guys, for whatever reason, you guys don't win the Super Bowl, how do yeah. you feel Josh Allen will be looked at in the offseason? You know, I, I, I think that he's always going to have his doubters. One of the things that we talk at length about is the fact that 99.9% of draft analysts did not like Josh Allen. They poked fun at him. They called him a tight end. They called drafting him an embarrassment. I mean, the 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 scouting reports were absolutely scathing on Josh Allen. Um, the headlines uh, on some of the articles written about Josh Allen, they were absolutely embarrassing for all of those people in the NFL draft community and all the NFL analysts who made those comments based on the way he's performed. So any chance they can have to sort of bring Josh Allen back to earth makes what they said years ago, just a tad less embarrassing. So Josh Allen really does have the ire of most of the national media. They like to take shots at him whenever they can to sort of, uh, you know, make their, their pre-draft analysis look just a little bit less embarrassing. So if they don't, and it all depends too, right? Like if he gets there and he loses there, I don't think there's really, you know, that much you can say unless, you know, throws four picks or something in the game. But um, yeah, if he doesn't get there this year, uh, this is a Buffalo Bills team that's going to lose a lot of, of talent. Guys like Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, their contracts are, are going to be up at Oliver's coming into the final year of his contract, Gabriel Davis. So the Buffalo Bills could be retooling similar in, in a similar fashion to the Chiefs. So this next year or two really is the year where Josh Allen has to get to that big game and, and win it. Or there could be, you know, a, little, a couple of years here where where he's going to have to do what the Chiefs are doing this year and and, and try to uh, uh, get creative. Okay, yeah. Um, now, you guys went from Brian Dayball. He's in the mm-hmm. Giants, and he's doing a really good job with the Giants. And you, you slide in Ken Dorsey. Could you talk about the difference possibly mm-hmm. in coaching style, um, you know, his philosophy compared to Brian Dayball's? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same for the the most part. You know, a lot of the concepts that you saw Brian Dable run here in Buffalo, Ken Dorsey is running here as well, but he's adding new wrinkles. Uh, one of the major talking points for the offseason was uh, we let offensive line coach Bobby Johnson go with Brian Dable to the New York Giants, and we brought in Aaron Cromer, a guy who has been around the league. He was previously with the Buffalo Bills when when Rex Ryan was the head coach as well, and He's sort of known as an offensive uh, line guru, and he's more known for running the zone scheme, which is something that the Buffalo Bills under Brian Dable historically struggled with. And every year they tried to come out and they tried to run zone and the running game was awful to start the year. And then by the end of the year, they were running pin, pin and poles. They were running man gap power stuff. They were doing they were getting super creative to try to just create some degree of a running game. We bring Aaron Cromer in this year. It's a lot of that zone stuff. And again, it is friend widely unsuccessful. The Buffalo Bills offensive line is struggling to control the line of scrimmage, but you are seeing more screens from the Buffalo Bills this year. 
You're seeing a lot of zone runs from the Buffalo Bills this year. So those are some new wrinkles I think that the Kansas City Chiefs can expect. Uh, and the Buffalo Bills really, like, I mean, they're leaning pretty early on on Josh Allen. He's about almost 90% uh, of their offense at this point. I, I struggle. You know, this is me off the top of my head. I don't remember Josh Allen being this much of the offense early last year. I know that they went to it, especially late. I don't know if he was that much of the offense early. Like he's he's taken a lot of uh, snaps, and this is definitely a pass first, pass second, pass third, run if we have to type of football team. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks if they try to pivot and if they try to create some semblance of a run game. I doubt it, given the fact that we have a bye week after the Chiefs. We're probably still going to continue to do uh, what it is we do, and that's throw the football like about 80% of the time against uh, the Chiefs here on Sunday. Yeah, um, and I can relate. You know, we're a pass first, pass second team. You mm -hmm. know, Andy Reid, he like running the football is kind of sacrilegious to him. <laughs> when it's, so when he does it, it's like, oh, he actually ran the football today. But um, mm -hmm. um, spec speaking of your guys' running game, there are rumors that you guys are looking at Christian McCaffrey. Would yeah. that be something that you would welcome on your team? I mean, if you could add the best pass catching back in football – when you are a pass first team, I think you, you got to go for it. So if the Buffalo bills are in a position to land Christian McCaffrey, and it's not going to cost them a ton of capital, I would say go for it. Because if you look at his contract, he's only owed $600,000 left this season on his contract. And the Carolina Panthers owe him all of the guaranteed money, meaning the Buffalo bills could cut him this off season and there would be zero dead cap. They could restructure his contract this offseason as well. So is he owed a ton of money in the future? Yes. But if he's traded, literally none of it is guaranteed. Carolina eats all those guarantees. But that's what makes it tricky. If Carolina's going to eat all that guaranteed money, they're going to want a premium draft pick. And if you're the Buffalo Bills and you got Jordan Poyer on an expiring contract, you've got Tremaine Edmonds on an expiring contract, you have an offensive line that is struggling and has a pretty old left guard in Roger Saffold and an aging center in Mitch Morris. And by aging, I mean, I think he just hit 30, <laughs> but um, he always seems a little older than he is. You guys know you had him for years. Right, He's, right, <laughs> right. Um, you, you might want that draft capital to, to bolster some holes that you could have in your roster this off season. So if, you know, the asking price is like Zach Moss in a fourth round pick, pull the trigger but if you're if they're asking for a one if they're asking for a second i i would hesitate before pulling the trigger on a player like christian mccaffrey who at least the last two years has a tendency of uh not ending up on the field and ending right. up on the sideline uh right. in, you know in track pants so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what carolina decides to do with him but i don't i i think the buffalo bills due diligence is literally just a call saying Hey, how about one of our running backs in a fourth round pick? I think that's about I think it's about where the Buffalo Bills are at in the Christian mm -hmm. McCaffrey trade talks. I agree. I agree. Um, now Von Miller has been trying to uh place a scout and a recruitment GM, what I say, <laughs> and try yes. to get Odell Beckham to your squad. Mm -hmm. Do you think Odell Beckham would be a fit for you guys? You know what? Uh, I was actually pretty confident that Odell Beckham would be a Buffalo Bill midseason if the Buffalo Bills are continuing to win. Uh, obviously, we lost our slot receiver in Cole Beasley, so there is a third spot in that rotation. 
you know, Isaiah McKenzie is a, is a good receiver, but he's more of a gadget guy who can step up when needed. Jamison Crowder now has a broken ankle. Who knows when he'll be back? Khalil Shakir stepped up in a big way last week, and I'm really excited for Khalil Shakir. But much like Kansas City and Sky Moore, the Buffalo Bills do like to slow play. Uh, you know, their rookies, very few of their rookies take the field. It's pretty much just been Kyrie Elam for the most part. And every once in a while, we see James Cook uh, up until this past week. But it, it, the last week or so, I've gotten some indications that it's not in the cards for o, o, OBJ to the Buffalo Bills. Tim Graham, who's one of the most connected insiders in Buffalo, says the Bills aren't in it. The Bills haven't been in it. It's been 100% Von Miller pretty much just bugging Brandon Bean and Brandon Bean really not paying much attention to Von Miller other than pretty much just shaking his head and saying, sure, sure. So one of the number one insiders here in the Western New York community, um, you know, who's broken a ton of news before, says there's not a lot of smoke to that fire. And then there was that report coming out that said OBJ was mad at the Rams because he wanted that that Michael Gallup type of contract, which is big money. And the Buffalo Bills just don't have that money. Yeah. So unless unless OBJ wants to come here on a for half a year on a one year like prorated like three, four, five million dollar deal just for a chance at a ring and to hit free agency next year, this is an ideal landing spot for him. But all indications now makes it seem like that's not what he's interested in. Whoever pays him is going to have to offer him money, not just this year, but they're going to have to offer him more years on top of that. So I, I, I just don't know if the Buffalo Bills are in play for o, OBJ or Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and I don't think Odell's getting – I mean, he's coming off of another mm. ACL tear. I don't know what team – it would have to be a bad team to give him a three-year deal yeah. or whatever he's seeking. Like, I don't see that. I think he's going to – his agent is going to have to sit him down there and look, man, you're going to have to take another mm. prove-it deal and show that you're healthy for the duration of the season and do what you did last year with the Rams because he was on his yeah. way to be possibly be the Super Bowl MVP in that. Oh yeah, Super and he would have gotten he, paid. Yeah, he <laughs> definitely would have got paid after that Super Bowl if he never got hurt. But unfortunately, that's how the game goes. So mm-hmm. I think he has to do another prove it deal for sure. Whatever team he goes to. So now, uh, Sean McDermott, he he's been there for a while now, and he, mm-hmm. he and he's one of the better coaches. I actually like Sean McDermott. He's off the Andy Reid tree, so. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's he's like I say, he's one of the better coaches in the league. I like the way he his approach is. Um, how how do you guys feel about Sean McDermott? You know, I think the the rational people in the fan base understand exactly what they have in Sean McDermott. I mean, this is a guy who came in and just immediately changed the culture and the mindset in Buffalo. He took much like Brian Dable is kind of doing right now in New York with a terrible roster. Mm -hmm. Uh, on a team that's tearing it down in order to try to go find a quarterback and rebuild. He's got them off to a four and one start. Sean McDermott did the same thing here in Buffalo in 2017 and took an absolutely pathetic roster to the playoffs, broke the playoff drought. And then ever since then, we've just been adding piece after piece after piece. We drafted the quarterback. We got the quarterback, right? We developed in the right way. We've paid him. He has brought in an amazing coaching staff, whether it's Brian Dable, now Ken Dorsey, Leslie Frazier, who I have no idea how we haven't lost him to to being a head coach yet. It's kind of embarrassing if you think about it, seeing some of these head coaches around the league. I mean, this this is a guy who's come in and outside of one year, Josh Allen's rookie year, when they did a hard, hard reset to that roster, has had a top five defense in football. And he is a guy who a lot of people looked at and they're like, yeah, he's this rigid defensive guy. His first office coordinator was Rick Dennison. Who's probably the most vanilla plain, boring offensive coordinator. You can think of the run, run pass type of guy fired him after year one, hired Brian Dable, modernized the offense, utilizing analytics, 
there was a joke uh, the other day where um, I can't remember what team we were playing. I think it might have been the Ravens or, or the team before the Ravens. The Buffalo Bills had an entire row of the press box saved for their analytics department. Seven, eight guys on their computers, you know, analyzing the football game. And right. uh, so they had just seven, eight guys in the booth. And, and, and one of the reporters joked, like, I think there's one guy in the entire building for this football team devoted to analytics. So he's dived deep into the analytics. He's, you know, willing to, to delegate to his, his, his coaching staff. He is willing to change his mindset, his philosophy, adapt to the players. The players adore him. The players will run through a wall for him. He's had his issues, bad challenges, bad, bad clock management, all of these different things. For the most part, he's learned from them. And, and I mean, this football team would be absolutely lost without a guy like Sean McDermott. Like what they have built here, obviously they have to cap it off with a Super Bowl win or it's all for naught. But I mean, you just look around the league at how embarrassing some of these teams are week in and week out. And there are some people who are just will never get over 13 seconds because, I mean, you said it. The Chiefs blew it against the Bengals. Buffalo Bills should have won that. Super. If the Buffalo Bills beat the Chiefs, they're the Super Bowl champions last year. I agree. No doubt I in agree. my mind. I agree. So a lot of people are never going to get over that, but they should when they turn on Thursday Night Football and have to watch Ron Rivera coach a football game <laughs> or Nathaniel Hackett coach a football game. Like, right. they should get over it real They should have gotten over it a lot quicker yeah, uh, than, than some people did. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. It could be definitely a lot worse. Uh, I feel as, you know, Chiefs, you know, we <laughs> we some, we some can have our fans that, you know, ridicule yeah. Andy Reid. And it's like, man, it – we've had some bad coaches. Mm-hmm. Romeo, we used to have Romeo Cornell. I mean, <laughs> it don't get no worse than that. So mm. I totally understand. So let's go ahead and get into this game, man. Um, yeah. Uh, let's start with Bills win on offense. Bills win if on offense. Bills win if on offense. Uh, Bills win if uh, the offensive line can control the line of scrimmage. I don't think the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs if, you know, they keep going the route that they're going. They need to, I'm not saying for the entire game, but the Buffalo Bills need to have some semblance of an effective run game. When they do decide to run the ball, they have to be effective with it. Take a little bit of pressure off of uh, Josh on this game. So the Bills win if they can control the line of scrimmage for 60% of this game on offense is, is what I'm going to go with here. Cause the offensive line has been, has been struggling in terms of, of uh, controlling the line of scrimmage, but Josh Allen was only touched one time, mm-hmm. one time against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if that can continue, I think the Buffalo bills have a really good chance of winning this football game. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll say chiefs win. If on offense, if we can run the football effectively, if we can get, at least four or five yards, a carry on you guys, make long gated drives, keep Josh mm-hmm. Allen off the field. Um, I'm talking 11, 12 plays down the field. I think we have a good chance. And having a balanced attack, you know, mm-hmm. playing off the play action, um, allowing Pat to have time to, you know, throw the football effectively, get the ball out of his hand quick. I just think that that would be the key for us on yeah. offense for us to win. Yeah, I mean, for both of these teams, any semblance of a run game, I think, is going to be an advantage because you don't blitz Patrick Mahomes and you don't yeah. blitz Josh Allen. It's just right. not effective. Right. So both of these teams are going to drop back into these two high shells and mm-hmm. they're going to give each other everything underneath. They're going to let these guys dink and dunk and hope to to bend but not break once they get into the red zone. 
if you could have an effective running game from the running backs, not from the quarterbacks, but from the right, run, running backs, right, right. that draws people up to the line of scrimmage that allows you to take those deep shots that might not be there if you don't have an effective running game. I agree. I agree. Okay, let's go. Bills win on defense if they shut down Travis Kelsey in the red zone. Because, uh, you know, there was a, you know, Showtime does their, you know, um, around the NFL or whatever, where mm-hmm. every week they got like players mic'd up and the, the Buffalo Bills assistant defensive coordinator, John Butler, their passing game coordinator, their, their defensive backs coach. He like the Buffalo Bills gave up 300 plus yards to Kenny Pickett and John Butler was on the sideline. The defensive backs coach was just like, I don't care how many yards you give up to him. All I care about is points. I don't care about yards. I care about points. The Buffalo Bills are going to play in a two deep shell. They're going to try to pressure Patrick Mahomes with four guys, Von Miller, Jordan Phillips, Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, you know, Boogie Basham, AJ Panassa. They're just going to try to get to Patrick Mahomes with four guys, and they're going to drop everybody else back into zone coverage. And they are going to force Patrick Mahomes to dink and dunk. That will probably allow the Chiefs to get the ball into the red zone quite a ton. If they kick field goals, I like the Bills' chances. If the Bills can't cover Travis Kelsey, I think he's got six touchdowns in like the last three games or something. He had four touchdowns and 25 yards last week. Right. If the Bills can't shut Travis Kelsey down in the red zone, then that bend but don't break is all for naught because it breaks every time right, once you right. get down into that red territory. So the Buffalo Bills win if they shut down Travis Kelsey in the red zone. Okay. I would say the Chiefs win on defense if – we get pressure on Josh Allen and try to get him to throw the ball quicker than he needs to. We cannot mm-hmm. let him get shots to Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, like he was doing last week. If he does yeah. that, it's going to be a long day for the Kansas City Chiefs. And one thing, I, I, it's one thing when we had Tyreek Hill to have a shootout with you guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think right now, even though we're still scoring a lot of points, it's the, we do it a different way, and we are, we're mm-hmm. not equipped right now to have a shootout with you guys. Yeah, like yeah. you know, going deep shot for deep shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we can't do that. <laughs> and and it's really interesting that the best game plan so far has been the Miami Dolphins. Like they really they sort of rattled Josh Allen a little bit, mm-hmm. but it almost seems like Miami spent their entire offseason trying to figure out Josh Allen, and they ran. Like they just developed the craziest scheme. The defensive coordinator Josh Boyer, where they. They came with a lot of pressure early. It failed, but then they faked the pressure and they dropped everybody back into cover two. Brett Coleman uh, did an entire film room on it on YouTube about just how nuts that game was. But Miami's Dolphin, Dolphins defense has been awful every other game this year. Like literally like they devoted everything to Josh Allen. And that was wow. like they came up with one game plan that was like literally had to be executed to a T in order to be successful. The Bills had 500 yards of offense that game. They only managed to score 17 points. So that is what they came up with to, to, to try to stop Josh Allen. But, you know, those one of the things they did was they they did sort of have him rattled. They did sort of rush him into some throws. It's going to be really interesting with the Chiefs. Last year, I mean, they made it their mission to shut down Stefan Day. Tough to go back and rewatch that football game a number of times and just their entire game bracket Stefan Diggs. And they bracketed him and they bracketed him and they bracketed him. They just went off. And we saw Gabe Davis go off last week. We saw Gabe Davis go off against Kansas City. We know what Gabriel Davis is capable of if other teams are too concerned with Stephon Diggs. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Steve Spagnuolo changes up his game plan from the AFC Championship, or not not the AFC Championship game, the AFC Divisional round, 
felt like the championship game right, right, uh, right. last year. It's going to be really interesting to see if he changes up or if he still puts most of his focus on Stefan Diggs, who's being used in a lot of different ways this year. They used him in the, they've used him in the slot way more than they did last year. Uh, a part of that has to do with some injuries that the Buffalo Bills have had to the receiver room. But the Bills are using Stefan Diggs different. He's added 10 pounds of muscle. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Kansas City Chiefs play Stefan Diggs different uh, with the way Gabriel Davis has stepped up across from him. Yeah, what will be interesting is because we like to play a lot of man-to-man. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing that we did do, you know, with the bracket coverage, we had sh- we would always push a various ward on Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. And it would always seem to be effective. But like you said, Gabe Davis would go off and kill us. for He killed us for like 200-something yards in the divisional round. But that's because we had Mike Hughes, and he was terrible. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he was just bad. Um um, the one person that hopefully the rookie, and I know he's a rookie, but he was a first round. We got him in the first round mm-hmm. for this very reason is Trent McDuffie. Hopefully Trent McDuffie comes back on Sunday and because he played really well. And I know it's Arizona, but mm-hmm. he still, he played pretty well his first game. And then he got hurt because of that stupid turf. But um, hopefully he comes back this Sunday where he can, you know, we, hopefully he can bring something in the slot, you know, because I know they use him a lot in the nickel, and mm-hmm. budget, or they could use him on the outside and not have Fitton <laughs> on mm-hmm. um, on Gabe Davis because that will be a total disaster because he gets grabby. He, he's mm-hmm. too sometimes he can get too aggressive and that causes yeah. a lot of pi calls like he did on uh, Monday uh, against uh, Devontae Adams. He was just getting mm-hmm. a bunch of pi calls, so. Hopefully we get Trent McDuffie back. He's been practicing all week. Hopefully we get him back. Yeah, he was one of my favorite corners in the pre-draft process. I know, you know, at Cover One we did a lot of pre-draft stuff, and and he was the consensus that you know number, uh, number two corner. Some for some of us, number two ahead of Derek Stingley. For others, number mm-hmm. three cornerback. Um, I know a lot of people were like, well, he's got short arms. He's going to be a nickel corner. Like, no, he's just a he's just a baller. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how short his arms are. Mm-hmm. That dude, he's kind of reminds me of um, of Byron Murphy in Arizona. A lot of people thought yeah. Byron Murphy was a slot corner. Mm-hmm. Byron Murphy, whenever he's been asked to play outside, he's been just fine on the boundary. So yes. Trent McDuffie would be a huge addition. I mean, Carl Loftus has been a beast as well. I mean, that he guy is, really, he oh, man, he, he really he, controls the line of scrimmage. He, he raised expectations. Like we thought, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had tailored our expectations. We thought he was going to be good against the run, but he's bringing mm-hmm. the pressure, man. And one thing I like about George is George is he just wants to learn. You see him after mm-hmm. practice getting with Frank Clark, getting with Carlos Dunlap, you know, getting with the veteran guys and trying to learn different yeah. moves and stuff like that. So I'm loving what I'm seeing mm-hmm. with George Karloftis, definitely. Yeah, one of my favorite stories in the pre-draft process was that George Karloftis um, made sure that his college dorm was next to the gym so that he could be, like, the first one in the gym every morning. And people people at Purdue, they were like, when we say he lived in the facility, like they were like, we're not kidding. He literally made sure his dorm room was right next to it so he could spend almost every waking hour nice. uh, either in the film room or the weight room. Like, George Karloftis is just – 100% a football guy. Like he's there to learn. He's there to get, he's there to grow. Um, and it's interesting, the trend too, because I mean, the Buffalo Bills drafted a guy in Gregor Rousseau, who's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. A lot of people weren't expecting maybe the pass rush from a guy like Gregor Rousseau. Mm-hmm. And he's been bringing the pass rush, uh, you know, the last year and a half for the Buffalo Bills as well. So nice to see some of these, uh, these defensive lines for both teams doing uh, young picks for some of these both yeah. teams doing, doing real well. Cause uh, I, I was a huge fan of Karloftis coming out. It was weird. I, I did not know. 
where he would fit. I know what team he would fit with. So I'm glad he ended up somewhere that's utilizing him properly. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, a lot of Chiefs fans at first was kind of down on Carloptis. We they wanted Jermaine Johnson, and I forgot mm-hmm. the other player they wanted. But once we got him and saw what he could do, it was like, okay, we like the pick. He, he's you know he's 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 a gym rat, and that's what we like. Mm-hmm. He has that high motor. So, so what is one of your key matches that you're looking for in the game on Sunday? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I will tell you what the Buffalo bills have a guy, uh, on injured reserve. That is one of the most important pieces to this football team. And that is Micah Hyde. And one of my biggest concerns coming into this week is Marquez Valdez, Scantling and Miko Hardman down the field. They have the ability to, to beat corners deep. And we always had that safety blanket back there and Micah Hyde, you know, all-star, you know, all-star center fielder. He he was he was practically a center fielder back there for the for the for the Buffalo Bills. So now it's on rookie or not rookie second year guy Demar Hamlin, sixth round pick. I love Demar Hamlin. He's played really well when called upon this year, but he also hasn't played the Kansas City Chiefs and some of that speed that they have on the perimeter. So that's that's gonna be my number one concern is going to be outside of Travis Kelsey in the red zone because he's owned Teron Johnson, who's the best nickel in the league. What did the Buffalo Bills do? Is it Tremaine Edmonds? Is it Matt Milano? Who knows? Outside of that one, which is the obvious one, that deep speed on the boundary uh, has me concerned, especially with DeMar Hamlin being the one roaming center field. Hopefully Jordan Poyer's back. It'll ease the burden a little bit, uh, having a, a veteran like Jordan Poyer next to DeMar Hamlin as opposed to Jaquan Johnson, the backup, strong safety. Okay, okay. I have actually two key matchups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first one is, of course, these re- these corners versus these receivers. Like. Mm-hmm. This is this is where the game is going to be. I believe. I mean, of course, in the trenches, this is where it's going to be really yeah. one. But these receivers, I mean, these corners holding up on these receivers. I can live with Stephon Diggs getting his. What I can't live with is Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis getting. Yeah, his. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be yeah. a disaster for a recipe for disaster. Uh-huh. We would definitely. I, I wouldn't. I would be surprised and shocked if if if. Diggs and Davis had a hundred yards, over a hundred yards, and we won the game. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Pat must have just went off. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like it must have been a shootout for real. So yeah. that's one of the one of the key matchups. The other key matchup is our linebackers being um patient with when Josh Allen runs. Mm-hmm. That is gonna and, and what scares me about this game is we're missing one of our key linebackers who is great at that, which is Willie Gay. He got suspended mm-hmm. for four games. He was our sideline to sideline guy who can who was good at reading, you know, the run. He was good at reading uh running quarterbacks. That was his job. Now that we don't have him, uh, Darius Harris has done a really good job of, of filling in for him, mm-hmm. but I'm still, you know, when 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 the play breaks down and Josh Allen starts running, we forget how to tackle. So, <laughs> and he just runs over yeah. all of us. So, and that's you guys like, like to play a lot of man to man too, which means the mm-hmm. defenders turn their back mm-hmm. to Josh Allen. So, that'd be super interesting. I'll, I'll tell you what, like, things could be getting chippy um, on social media on Sunday because I almost feel like with this matchup that Steve Spagnolo's le- message to his cornerbacks this week is going to be be as grabby as you want to be, be as handsy as you want to be and see what the officials will let you get away with. And I feel like if the whistles go heavy on the side of Buffalo, you're going to hear a lot of chippy, 
uh, Chiefs fans on social media not happy. And 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 if the whistles go the other way uh, and they get swallowed, and the uh, the referees allow the Chiefs to get grabby and you know do things to Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis, um, I think the 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 things will get chippy on Buffalo side of social media yeah, yeah. with the officials. Uh, sadly, I think the officiating crew they have this week have thrown like the second or third most flags this season. Uh, so, so you know, uh, roughing the you know roughing the pass is yeah. going to be an issue. <laughs> I, I I personally feel like if I was Steve Spagnolo, looking at my depth chart on defense, my message would be uh, I would just grip, grab, hold, drag down, do whatever. Just treat these receivers like rag dolls and see what you can get away with. That would be my message uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. They did that in the AFC Championship game two years ago. I mean, they were uh, that was the most physical and aggressive I've ever seen a group of cornerbacks since Seattle's Legion of Boom. I mean, they just had no fear. They mm. were they were they were pulling out every trick in the book uh, on those Buffalo wide receivers, and and the refs weren't calling it. So I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Spagnuolo goes back to that this Sunday with what the Buffalo Bills have to offer at wide receiver and and what you guys unfortunately. Um, with or without Trent McDuffie, have at at, at cornerback. Yeah, um, like I said, it's Trent McDuffie, Legereus need. Mm. I like what we Jalen Watson has played really well for being a seventh round pick and having mm-hmm. to step in. He's actually played really well. Like I said, the person that scares me the most is Fenton. Like Fenton mm-hmm. has been getting cooked and burnt all year, and he's just I don't know. Mm-hmm. The less snaps for him is the best. <laughs> so <laughs> against these this these group of receivers. So all right, man. Before we get you out of here, man, let's get a score prediction. I didn't even think about this one yet. Uh I am going to uh I'm gonna go Bills. I'm gonna go Bills twenty Bills 33, Chiefs 27. Chiefs have the ball. Buffalo Bills defense gets a stop on the final drive uh, to win the ball game. So the buff, and and I'm only saying that because uh, Colin Coward's been running his mouth on Fox Sports One this week, saying that Patrick Mahomes is better at coming from behind than Josh Allen, even though they have the same amount of game winning drives in their career. Uh, And he says the Bills can only win blowouts. So Patrick (laughs) Mahomes gets because I'm I'm going to be petty. This is my petty prediction. Patrick Mahomes gets the ball in his hands with a chance to win the game, and the Bills' defense stops him. Uh, so I'm going to go 33-27 Bills. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I think I'm going to go 31-28 Chiefs. Ooh, I like that. You know what? I'll take 4-2 and two going into the bye week. I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah, 31-28 Chiefs, I think. I think the Chiefs put together my scenario, my mm-hmm. my game is the reverse. Mahomes has the ball last, and he takes yeah. it down, takes it down for a touchdown. So I think we'll be down 24-28 and then ball takes for a touchdown. So yeah, I'm going 31-28. All right, I like Chiefs, it. Chiefs. <laughs> All right, Judge man, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, and like I said, let the best team win on Sunday, man. Hundred percent. Good luck for the rest of the season, man, and hopefully we see each other again in the, in the yeah. In the I'm, I'm hope I'm hoping we play each other again twice. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I really do. <laughs> yeah, because you know, you I just hope s- we're I just hope we're at home this time. I want I want the Chiefs <laughs> in the playoffs at home. I yeah. want them in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, that's always been the talk that Patrick Mahomes yeah. has never been on the road in the playoffs. So we'll let's see. make it happen this year. Let's make it happen. 
Definitely don't want to be in Buffalo, but hey, we got to go. We got to go. <laughs> yeah. All right, Judge, man. Like I said, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, mm. we'd love to have you on again, hopefully, like I said, in the playoff. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you so much. All right, man. All right, Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, like Once again, I want to thank Judge for coming on, man. Appreciate him. Oh. Appreciate him coming on. Um, if you are a first-time listener of the Arrowhead Chief Podcast and you want to listen to us on audio, you know, you don't really do the YouTube thing, um, go to – you can go to any streaming podcast platforms. We are on Stitcher, Google, uh, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, any – uh, streaming platforms that do podcasts, guess what? Arrowhead Chief Podcast is on there. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at AH uh, Chief Podcast. We are on all social media websites. We're on Twitter, we're on uh, Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok. You can follow us. We follow you back because our model in Arrowhead Chief Podcast is we not Hollywood. We're fans just like you. So follow us, interact with us. You know, if we have some feedback from us, let us know. And uh, we'll definitely listen to you guys because we want to give you guys the best content. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my guy, Clarence. He couldn't make it on tonight. He he, had, he was a little busy. Um, but definitely shout out to Clarence, man. Um, <clears throat> shout out to you, Chiefs Keenan. We got a big game on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Hopefully, when we're talking in the post game, we are talking with a victory win. Let's see what my, my guy Ty said 34 31 Chiefs. I like that. I like it. I like it. I'm definitely with that. Um, and check out my guy Ty, man. My man Ty, you know, he got his own uh, channel too, Sports Talk with Ty. T. He always comes on sometimes and rocks with me, and I go on his show and rock with him. So check him out also. But uh, definitely, definitely uh, can't wait for Sunday's game. It's going to be a, a, a barn burner. I know it is. It's going to be a big game. And uh, hopefully, like I said, we come out with a dub. All right, Cheese Keena, I love y'all. See y'all post-game on Sunday. I'm gone. Go Chiefs.